This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. To the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, it's good to be here. Rocky has a court hearing today, so he will not be joining us unless the judge decides not to show up, which I know is shocking. That actually shocking. happens. That it actually is. happens. Although, David, I was in Boston this last week attending Baston? the Baston, Baston, Massachusetts. It's just so hilarious to hear people speak from up there. I just, just yeah. like they don't know how to talk. Do they, they? They, 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 they speak more properly. Perhaps I can understand them perhaps a little bit more easily. Okay. Um, I uh, I was out there for the annual conference of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, a group that I formerly was president of uh, several years ago. And uh, it mostly was continuing legal education uh, issues uh, that you deal with. And uh, I spoke at the conference on uh, the visits by our friends at USCIS and the folks at the Fraud Detection National Security Unit. Because if you put national security in anything, it makes it sound important and you can get money for it uh, and how they, how they operate. But uh, other than that, it was, uh, it was actually kind of a fun, a fun little conference for us. But... David, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but there's a little problem on our southern border. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that or not. You may have heard about that in the news. A little uh, problem? A little problem. Well, well, they are. Actually, Some of them are. They're very little people. Things. They're very little people. But here's my question. People now, I, I get various news media to my inbox. I, I don't just get... Uh, uh, as some might suspect, email alerts from MSNBC or CNN. I actually get things from uh, from more conservative news sources as well, um, it, and it never it, it doesn't ceases to amaze me how the same thing can be portrayed in two ex- identically opposite ways. <laughs> because what some would call a humanitarian crisis on the southern border, others would call an invasion. Although I'm not exactly sure how six-year-olds invade, but nonetheless, some would call it an invasion. But here's my question on this. I've been thinking about this, all right? Um, obviously, the problems in Central America are not new. Obama's program for children is no longer new. So why all of a sudden, in the last four or five, six months, have we seen the surge? They weren't new. Uh, so what 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 changed? What was what? There must have been something besides this idea that Obama invited them in. Like there's some grand plan for Obama to have a humanitarian crisis on the border, which I think is stupid. But there's got to be something else. And I actually I believe I know what it is, and not facetiously. I think I know what it is. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a Mexican immigration lawyer. He works in Mexico. Uh, really terrific guy. Uh, and as I, I asked him, I said, well, what, you know, thinking, you know, I'm thinking it's a humanitarian crisis. You, you, you know about the crime. We know about the gang recruitment. We know about the despotic governments. We know about the poverty. We know about this idea that people think can come to America and get a green card. But all of those have been around. None of those are new in the last six months uh, or the last year. I mean, so what's changed? And I said, well, what, what do you think? He says, oh, that's part of our fault. Really? What do you mean part of your fault? said, Mexican government. I said, why? Well, you know we changed our immigration laws. And actually, I said, I, think, I, I do know they changed their immigration laws. I said, David, do you know when they changed their immigration laws? When? Yeah, when no. they changed their immigration About a year and a half ago. Hmm. 
And that went into effect about a year ago. Now, this is interesting when you think about this. Okay. Because do you? I don't know if you remember this. We used to talk about this on the show that if our laws were only as strong as Mexican immigration laws, we would have no illegal immigration. Remember yeah. this? Oh yeah. They People were. think you know they deport everybody. They send them right back. Well, that actually changed huh. about a year ago, and that's no longer Mexican immigration law. And as my friend explained it to me, uh, and this is very simplistic, but he says basically our immigration laws now are based on a recognition that all people have the human right to immigrate. And thus, we no longer have a crime in Mexico. So are they going to change it from immigrate to migrate? Well, think about this. this is a, it is no longer a crime in Mexico to be undocumented. Hmm. That, that's spooky. Well, think about that. Now, now does this make yeah, this a lot more yeah, sense on the southern sure. border? And he says, our immigration guys and gals who used to you know, harass and, and, and molest and bother and deport undocumented immigrants no longer do so and in fact if you're an undocumented migrant in mexico now you're entitled to health care they have a public health care system okay, okay. you're entitled they, to go to public schools which was also not allowable before why aren't they stopping in mexico well that's the question you know that's very interesting well first of all did not really mexico's not their goal first of all their goal is the united states but think about this if mexico before was acting as a sort of a sieve you know they were, they were not stopping everybody. They were they were stopping a good chunk of people, okay. And they were sending a good chunk of people back. And now, literally, Mexico is not there as far as immigration is concerned. They they welcome those that decide to stay in Mexico. I mean, they're still mistreated within the country itself because of prejudice. But they're not. They're, you know, Americans. They, you know, we're not prejudiced against Mexicans. Whatever. Uh, the Mexicans say the same thing about Central Americans. I mean, so it's just saying it just, it just goes down to the bottom of the totem pole. Um, but uh, think about this. If Mexico is no longer that barrier at all to this, and he says, and this law has emboldened the gangs and the, and the smugglers to say, look, we don't think about this. They before had to worry not only about getting you into America, but getting you through Mexico. Not a problem anymore. Not a problem anymore. So they've, they've been now going to, to – literally, the, he's telling me the smugglers in Mexico are going down to Central America and saying things like, Obama will give you green cards. They will not deport children. Come on up. And they're charging somewhere in the neighborhood of seventeen to $25,000 a person to bring them to America, uh, which is obviously an enormous sum of money for somebody who makes $10 a day. Uh, so you're creating, you know, this is creating not only a, you know, an existential migration problem, but also a massive debt problem, you know, in, in Latin America and a crime problem. So it's not just about Obama inviting people up here. Obviously, that's not how it works. Uh, and he's certainly not doing that. As the media in, in Honduras, El Salvador, they played a role? Sure. But as I've talked to people... Uh, and I've talked to people who've been through this process in the last six months. They've come to my office. They've come in the country. Um, first of all, every near as we can tell, they're catching almost everybody. I mean, they're not catching everybody, but they're catching a lot. Which says to me, okay, border's pretty secure. <laughs> We're catching lots of people. Everybody's overlooking that that point. But more important, why is this happening? Our friends in Mexico changed their laws. And made this so much easier to cross their country 
which is a bigger challenge in some ways than, than crossing the border and coming to America. And the other interesting part about this is these smugglers that are bringing people to America, they're, they're not really trying to smuggle these people into the U.S. They're actually smuggling them right to, right to the Border Patrol, literally right to their door. They're having them knock on the door of the buildings. They're waiting. They're looking at the cameras on the border saying, hey, I'm here. Come pick me up and telling them the magic words to say that will enable them not to be deported back to their home country right away. And so this this is interesting, isn't it, that all of a sudden Mexico's role in this uh, is is interesting and, and, and really very, very important. Uh, so if I was the president of the United States, first thing I would do besides, you know, figure out some way to house these kids is I've got to go to Mexico and say, president. Now, this is the old president who did this. This is not the current president of Mexico, although he's facilitating this. Say, dude, we got to work together here. We cannot have these kids coming through your country and coming up on our border. I mean, this is this is wrong. We, we together, we both have a problem because some of them are staying in your country too. We need to help you on your southern border, and we need to go together to Central America and say, guys, we need to help you fight your crime. We need to help you get stop the propaganda about America being an amnesty country. Uh, and figure out some way to deal with this crisis in your country rather than up here on our borders. Because I will tell you this, David, at the end of the day, 95% of these kids will be deported. They'll, be go- they'll go back with their parents. They will have to leave the country uh, at some point. They're not ever going to get legalization out of this Congress or any Congress in the future. This is a different type of migrant uh, than has migrated over the past uh 20 years, which have been majority economic migrants. Uh, A lot of these migrants are actually fleeing the harm and the danger of their own countries, which is a very, very different situation than those that are coming here for jobs. Now, I mean, the statistics are still very vague on on this crisis, but it appears that a lot of these kids that are coming up are actually joining parents. They're actually coming to parents. A man sat in my office yesterday. Uh, who has TPS. He's, so he's from, he's from El Salvador. He's got TPS. Uh, and he's got a 12-year-old son in El Salvador who he can't bring up here. There's no legal way for the kid to come who's now being recruited by gangs. He says, I'm going to bring him up here. I said, don't do it, man. Don't get caught in this mess. It's going to be a nightmare for your kid. He says, what choice do I have? Well, the choice is to figure out something else for your kid, but don't subject him, one, to the smugglers, two, to the border, and three, to a process that's going to end up getting him deported anyway. Uh, so it's really... It's, it's a crisis of, of, of very different proportions when you know and understand what's going on in Mexico. And that is we no longer have an ally there, if we ever had one, on stopping the, doc, the, the immigrations for their country. Uh, and now it's just literally a flow-through process. So basically America's Web Radio is the first to declare uh – the truth about what's really going on. I think very few people understand this. I saw one comment. I mean, I, di- I didn't know that. I haven't seen no, it. No. Have you ever read Ruben Navarrete? He's, he's on uh, USA Today. He's a, he's, a, he's a Latino Republican commentator, does a lot of immigration stuff. And today I saw for the very first time, because I, I learned this last week and I'm writing a blog on it, but somebody wrote a comment on his, on his blog, first time I ever saw this, which was, what about Mexico's role in this? Yeah. Now, so interestingly I don't think anybody enough, else knows this. Interestingly enough, I had heard a reporter, whatever you want to call him, uh, anchor, 
talk about from the, the mainstream media. On mainstream, well, if you consider Fox mainstream, okay. depending. I think it is. Um, you know, that there is a problem with Mexico, and why is Mexico not doing more? But never address the issue that the law had changed, Their which law I, changed. I find that That makes all – now you oh, know yeah. why. And yeah, I, it's interesting. My friend, my friend told me his friends who are immigration officers don't like the law, but they have – just like here, you have to enforce whatever law is given to you as an enforcement officer. Uh, and for them, it's a very different change. Change. Oh. I mean, obviously, they still arrest criminals and try to deport criminals, but the average economic migrant now is just a flow through. You know, how do you feel about this? I, I know sort of you're feeling from the legal standpoint uh-huh. a little bit, and I wouldn't ask you anything uh, from that standpoint. But the one thing that I have been keeping track of with this and that really scares the daylights out of me is the potential of medical problems and bringing up diseases oh, that most we, of these kids aren't vaccinated yeah uh, most exactly. of them carry diseases that our kids don't have or, or haven't had uh, not that they're bringing a bubonic plague up here but you know these are these are health issues well tuberculosis yeah uh, well that's uh, always been a problem from countries from anybody heck russians carry tuberculosis every time they come to the united states um what dengue fever or something like that or i think it's called dengue dengue fever isn't it it's d-e-n-g-u-e i think maybe it's dengue i forget how you pronounce it but i think it's dengue fever well dengue fever yeah but unfortunately that doesn't Unless you're in Florida, there's really no propagation of that in America. The, the bugs have to live in hot weather, and we don't really have that. Right, let's uh, let's, let's take a quick break and come back to this on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Well, welcome back to America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour, which I believe, David, is the most listened to immigration podcast in the known universe. Possibly in the unknown universe as well. I'm not really quite sure how it works I, Yeah, out there. well, I've been told that I stay in the black hole anyway, so, you know, we may be out so far in the space. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know where we are. Uh, I was actually reading a, a sci-fi book. I'm a big sci-fi guy, and I was reading a book, and uh, it was this contact between a, a fellow from Earth out in space and a, for, and a guy from a you know foreign planet. He says, well, how do you know so much about us? He says, have you been coming and spying us? He says, we don't have to spy on you. You're the noisiest race in the galaxy. <laughs> you broadcast everything to everybody. 
I thought that was a very funny kind of kind of quote. And but they getting, listen to your show. Yeah, they listen to your show on here. Um, but it's great to be back uh, and be on time this week. I do. We do have to do uh, you know take a step back from our uh, our child immigration crisis and do talk about the gardening and gardening update. Uh, yesterday, I hauled in about forty pounds of uh, zucchini and squash to my office. Wow. Uh, I was gone for five days. Yeah. And you know when you've got zucchini and squash and you're gone for five days. You got a lot of zucchini and squash to come back to. When I left, there was one zucchini. It was about as about a six inches long. It was two feet long when I got back and weighed about eight pounds. So I told the folks who took it in my office, "You can take this, but I expect zucchini bread tomorrow with chocolate chips in it." So far, I haven't seen any zucchini bread with chocolate chips in it. And, and interesting, this is the first year I've grown yellow zucchini. Hmm. Uh, I've only grown green zucchini in the past. Mm-hmm. And this year I've grown uh, yellow zucchini. Uh, I have more string beans than I could eat. Oh, yeah. So my do, string yeah. beans are just – and I, I only had about a third of my plants come up. Uh, they're growing like crazy. Uh, my my carrots are starting to form. Yeah. My radishes are done. I, I may plant some more radishes here in a few weeks. But my carrots are starting to form, which is good. My cute pulled my first cukes off yesterday. I, I've got very strange cucumbers. Maybe we planted them. But uh, and they taste wonderful. Are they? Th- but they're just thin? long and thin. Yeah, mine are too. Mine are too. Now I did plant several varieties, and I had to look to see what variety yeah. I planted there. But it's very delicate. It's a very delicate yeah. cucumber. It's not the thick, hefty cucumber with no. little spikes. It's very thin. Well, very European looking. <laughs> My wife said they were something, and I, I you know, but, but they are tasty, aren't they? The oh, ones I have, are wonderful. wonderful, wonderful. Now, of course, I have a jillion tomatoes. Not a single ripe tomato yet. Oh, I've, 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 got, I've gotten some ripe tomatoes. Oh, you really? I haven't yeah. got a single a cherry. Ripe. Cherry. Uh, my cherries even yet. Um, but I, I've got something attacking But them. you planted yours before I planted mine. I planted mine a couple weeks later because I was just so caught up in the massive mud storms that we had. Uh, I hate to say this, but I still got them. Really? Oh, my garden is so muddy that... Well, mine was dry as a bone yesterday morning when I went out there. Not dry anymore because we had that massive storm here yesterday. But I was literally... The ground was <laughs> rock hard in my garden yesterday. We missed it. We didn't uh, get it. Really? Thunder, thundered all around, lightning all well, around. Well, even here in our building, and, uh, it was just a... It was like a hurricane. Um, and that hit part of our... And I got home last night and it was... The, that, that dew point was about one below the temperature. It was just this complete humid... Forest as I drove huh. through. No, we didn't, um, we never uh, never got. Uh, it. I did notice. Unfortunately, all my peaches fell while I was gone. Uh, hmm. Something caused my peach drop, but my pear trees are just literally bending over with pears this year. Oh, my first year with actual cool. pears. I'm very yeah. excited about that. But I'm very disappointed in my peaches, and I have one apple tree with apples on it. So I'm kind of kind of. Uh, it's only got three apples on it, but it's a small apple tree. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, my watermelons are just growing like crazy, and I've got a bunch of watermelons on it. I've planted eight, six varieties of watermelons. How about cantaloupes? I have cantaloupe growing as well, and they're also starting just a little bit of buds. I planted a little bit late. But, uh, <laughs> as long as we've turned this into the garden show. But, garden uh, show. Uh, how do you keep the wild out of your garden? The what? The wild. Oh, I have an eight-foot deer fence. Oh, do you? That doubles as a rabbit fence because it's, okay. it's all, their holes are only that big. So I've got no, I've got no ver- varmints in my garden. Oh, okay. I got so. no varmints. But it was funny. My, my, my squash had a couple of nicks in it, but it was for my fingernails. So I was picking them up. My skin was so delicate. Uh, but no, I've got – as of now, I have no varmints in my garden at all. Uh, and the parts where I thought the fence was more vulnerable, I put down rabbit fence. So uh, I really have got nothing in there that I'm aware of. Uh, plus, the deer fence is eight feet tall, so the deer can't get in there as well. 
Uh, my, Do you use that mesh stuff? Uh, it's uh, it's not the mesh mesh. It's just, it's just the deer fence is, is black plastic oh, okay. uh, yeah. with squares about an inch apart. So it's really nothing. I mean, a mouse could get through it technically, I guess, but I haven't really seen any in there. Uh, there's deer all over my meadow, and uh, there's dogs next door, so that's uh, that may bark them away. Uh, even my corn is beginning to uh, tassel up. So. And my peanuts, I planted peanuts this year. Ah, and they Jimmy. finally popped up. Yeah, I figure if Jimmy Carter can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> uh, my sweet potatoes are growing like crazy. My potatoes are blossoming, so they should be uh, Okay, let me ask you. I planted sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. I've never planted a potato in my life, and it's like, Okay, they're, and I didn't realize, well, I knew they were rhizomes. are vines. Yeah, they're rhizomes. Right. Uh, and uh, um, they are coming after my tomatoes. Well, the key with the vine, you have to go out there almost every day and move the vines back on themselves so they grow in the, whatever plot you have assigned so, to them. I hate this sounds, for an ag graduate, this sounds really stupid, but when do you say, okay, there's something there? Uh, typically, uh, sweet potatoes are going to be 120 days, four months. Um, you want to wait till they kind of brown up a little bit. It's like potatoes, you know, are easy when they when the, when the, when the stems fall over. Yeah. Then then they're ready. You dig them out and then let them dry. Uh, sweet potatoes are kind of like the same thing. They'll, the, the the stems will start to go dry, and really, unless it's sometimes sweet potatoes grow, sometimes they don't. A couple of years ago, they grew fantastic for me. Last year, they didn't grow at all. So, hmm. but this year, I planted them in a kind of a a pile of dirt. Not really a flattened dirt, but kind of a piled-up area of dirt. And we'll see. I have blueberries now, too. I'm eating blueberries. My strawberries I'm still eating in my greenhouse. It's uh, uh, it, it was great going down there yesterday because I was eating breakfast. Was I was right from the garden <laughs> popping strawberries in my mouth. And uh, the peppers, got peppers all over them. I've got oh. way too many pepper plants. I've uh, got – you need any jalapenos? I've got probably 10 jalapenos. I've got habaneros. I've got all kinds of hot peppers. Uh my Spanish congregation will be very, very happy. Yeah. What's going really well are my butternut squash mm, mm-hmm. are growing really well. And I also have – I planted some gourds. Gourds? Gourds. Yeah. Funky-looking gourds yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. grow like crazy over the over the deer fence. So they're all starting to climb. And even my pumpkins. I planted pumpkins about a month ago. And they well, are this also, fall, you can set you up a stand in Blue Ridge and uh, sell I can sell me some uh, some interesting-looking gourd-like yeah. creatures uh, as we go along. But, no, the garden is, is, is really going well right now. The only part that I, I'm really not paying attention to is I haven't weeded the carrots and the beets. And the cabbage and the lettuce. The lettuce, probably, you know, I probably just need to mow it down at this point. It's kind of probably a little bit bitter but, uh, with all the heat. But uh, it's, uh, it's grown really well. What never came up was my, uh, with my herbs. Dill I was have, the only thing that came up. My I've basil, got herbs. My basil um, never came up. Oh, really? Never huh. sprouted. My basil I, never I've, sprouted. Uh, yeah, I've got a good selection of herbs, as a matter of fact. And I've got, uh, what is it, purple lettuce that uh, – Oh, well, romaine, red romaine. romaine. Yeah, that's yeah, good red. stuff. I got, so I got – that came up. All and that it, it looked like it had all died. It just sort of fell uh-huh. like, Well, then the it ground. will come back up again. And then all of a sudden, here it is. Yeah, the great thing know. about lettuce is you cut the top off, like up to about an inch above the ground, and it will grow back. Oh, okay. I didn't it'll know just that. Grow back. So, uh, it'll just grow back. So is it, it – now it's up and it's – Yeah, I mean, it'll, 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 it'll produce for a while. It, it just gets more and more bitter the longer to have it in the ground. I mean, it's it's when it's new that it tastes – Taste so good. I should take it all, go ahead and get some and yeah, try absolutely. it in a salad? Absolutely. Okay. You salad. got it. But uh, getting back to – now, that's, that's the garden update, which was long today, but it was, it's was it been a great garden month. I'm very excited about the garden. It's always fun to talk about that. Um, and uh, But we were going back to the border again This with, with this crisis. Now, some have called it an invasion, David. 
But you know, uh, Charles, really what you're telling me though, and this uh, this comes back to what I've been saying, you know, about everything, not just this, but everything, is our media and our populace in general. We're uneducated. Yeah, we, we, we just don't know all the, all the information. No. And the media, I was listening, it was funny, I was listening to MSNBC yesterday in the car. I have satellite radio. Ooh, I was listening to it. And they had a woman on there who, was, who, who blogs on immigration for the Huffington Post. Hmm. Nice woman. And they asked her, what's causing this? And, you know, she did not really have a clear answer. I, I was really disappointed in that because there's, there's obviously, I've got, I know what's causing it. What's causing it is, one, this idea that's being spread in Central America that you won't be deported if you get to America with your kid, which is not true. Two, that it's easy to get through Mexico now. Three, the massive crime and gang problems in Latin America. And four, the overwhelming poverty. I mean – what else is there? I mean, that, those, those are the four causes. But you really uh, didn't know that, and you I can't think of any more. You think anybody would come out and say, here's the four causes, so what can we do to attack them? Well, obviously, poverty, we're not going to solve poverty overnight. We don't, you can't even solve it in our own country. We're going to solve it in Honduras. But we can help with crime. You know, we send some cops down there and say, hey, we're going to train your cops. they, they got to do a better job than training the guys in Iraq, by the way. <laughs> Run away! What is it, the French train those people or what? Uh, and... Um, the idea that this propaganda, well, we just need to buy TV ads in Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala and say, do not come. We will deport you. And then we have to actually deport people. But, Dave, you have to ask, well, why don't we just send them right back? Ah, you see, that gets to the next step of what I want to talk about. Why don't, when we catch them, and we appear to be catching the vast majority of people coming across the border, why don't we deport them right away? I want to ask a question with okay. that. Okay, we're catching them. And I know they've been – it's terrible what they've been going through with the uh, holding them in pig pens yes. or warehouses. You've seen that pictures. Yeah. It's, terrible. Mean, it's terrible. It's terrible. But are we going to be able to follow them and know where they are tomorrow? Well, that's really the question. I mean, so we've got a situation where Obama has announced that he's going to open up – reopen, because Bush did this – family detention centers. Now, these are jails, David. I mean, they're, they're actual jails. Uh, where you put mom and kids with the babies, or my dad and kids with the babies and, and the children. Um, so they're going to do that for some people. Uh, obviously, anybody who comes in where there is even a hint or a suspicion that they are gang-related should never be let out. Like the tats? Like the what? Like the the person that comes in with the tats? Oh, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. But you have to distinguish between tats. I mean, and our guys are good at that. They, they can distinguish between tats. You've got two teardrops coming out the side of your cheek. I think we're going to keep you in custody. you got a picture of a, you know, a cat on your face, whatever. I mean, I don't really care. You put a cat on your face. Uh, so you, you distinguish. And while I have heard allegations that we have released gangbangers, I simply don't believe it because of my experience tells me – it's not true. My, I know how ICE acts. I know what they do. They do not release gangbangers. They just don't. Uh, so, but here you can't detain. We don't have the facilities to detain 60,000 people unless FEMA comes in, which they set up a camp, right? They're not going to do that. Uh, so your question is a great question. Well, how do we know they're going to show up for their hearings? We don't. We don't. Uh, some say the vast majority will not show up. Well, that's not true either. The majority does show up. The no-show rate actually is quite uh, is quite low these days. Uh, 
<clears throat> but how do we track them if they don't show up? Well, H- when children come in the country, uh, they, there is a period in which uh, ICE has them in custody for 72 hours. But then they are required by law to turn them over to the Department of, of Health and Human Services, HHS, and, and what's called ORR, the Office of Refugee Resettlement. Okay, And they're in charge of children and finding where to place each other, either in public facilities uh, run by private agencies, basically the children's Baptist home or Baptist children's home, or with a, with a close relative or immediate family in the United States. Let's talk more about this, how this is done when we get back uh, from our next break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. David and I are having a blast today without Rocky. I mean, I don't know, David. Maybe we don't need him anymore. Maybe he was just a crutch for us. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell Rocky that. Don't tell Rocky that. He'll kill you. Um, Literally. Uh, It's um, – we were talking about these kids. And so your question was, are they going to show up for their hearing? Many will. Many will. Um, But think about how the system works. The reason we can't send them back immediately – comes down to this question. Congress passed a law in uh, 1996 called the Illegal Immigration Reform Act, as if you could reform illegal immigration. I'm not sure how you do that. <laughs> and the Immigrant Responsibility Act, otherwise known as IRA-IRA. IRA-IRA created something called expedited removal. Expedited removal was uh, a way that Congress decided to give more power to the INS then, now Customs and Border Protection, to basically not have to put you in front of a judge. That they could be judge and jury on you at the border as to your admissibility. And we've talked previously on the show about how we have laws on deportation, kicking you out, and laws on exclusion, keeping you out. And the laws of exclusion are broader because we want to keep out more people than we want to kick out. And in the past, before 1996, only an immigration judge at the end of the day could decide on exclusion. Well, Ira, Ira changed that and said, no, Customs and Border Protection, you are judge and jury and prosecutor and presenter of evidence. You are everything on this. Um, so you can make a decision on expedited removal. So many times at the border, airports are typical. You come in, David, let's say you're from England, and you come into the airport and they say, oh, uh, 
Mr. Moxley, I see you have previously been in the United States and that you um, that you committed a crime while you were here. It's our, your fingerprints have shown up here. Uh, we're going to remove you from the United States and you're barred from coming back for five years. Bam. And you go, wait, that wasn't me. What? Oh, no. Gone. Gone. That's it. No appeal. No nothing. Unless there's one exception to this rule. Well, two exceptions, technically. One is if yeah. – two exceptions. One is if you're actually a permanent resident or citizen. Wait, I'm a citizen. You can't do this to me. Wait, I'm a permanent resident. Then you get to go in front of a judge. Or two, you express a fear of return to your home country. Ah. It is a loophole that you can drive a truck through. Now, David, about eight years ago, uh, nine years ago, I was an expert uh, hired by the U.S. government uh, to work on uh, a report uh, um, uh, commissioned by Congress on uh, asylum claims within the expedited removal process. And this was run by the U.S. Commission on uh, uh, Religious Freedom. And the idea was, are we, was at the time, in the early 2000s, uh, mid-2000s, was INS and then CBP, following the protocols necessary to ensure that if somebody claimed they were afraid to, to go, go back, that they were then given a right to the next stage of the process. Now, if somebody does say, I'm afraid to go back, then you are held in custody. Now, you don't, you're not released. You are held in custody until you have gone through what is called a credible fear interview. Credible fear. Now, take a step back again. What is, I'm afraid to go back, what is asylum? We have international treaty obligations that we've signed, uh, part of the Convention on Refugees, Protocol Refugees, back in 1967, uh, 68. And we said we will not deport anybody who claims a fear of returning. Remember, we did this during World War II. We sent Jews back to Europe. Okay, so this this protocol, this 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 agreement, this treaty was developed post World War II on the basis that we should not be returning people to places where there's conflict or harm or fear of their going back. And so they, the individual, carries the burden of showing that they have a fear of going back. And that burden is that they must show that there is a possibility, or what they call a reasonable fear, of going back. That I'm afraid to go back because I'll be shot by the gangs is not a reasonable fear because none of that fear has to be reasonable. Maybe you do have a fear of going back to the gangs, but it also has to be on account of one of five things. Your race, your religion, uh, your political beliefs, your membership in a particular social group, and I'm the last one just left my brain. I feel like I'm Rick Perry now. Um, nationality. Okay. Uh, so being afraid of the gangs doesn't fall within any of those criteria. So you could say, I'm afraid to go back because of the gangs. You should not get, you should not pass credible fear. But simply saying, I'm afraid to go back, gets you to that next door. So you enter the door, and that next door leads you to a pig pen or to a detention center. Or what some of these kids are calling la helera, uh, which in Spanish means the freezer. You know, they keep these jails at a very cold temperature. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a jail, David, but they, no, they keep them. They try keep, to avoid. They try to avoid them. I've been there because I'm, I'm a lawyer and I've visited clients there. They keep and them. Cold. A lot of lawyers should and, be in and, jail. And, yeah, they should, some of them are. <laughs> uh, they keep them there uh, to keep them cold because it keeps the smell down. Okay, let me ask because, and I really haven't kept up with it or, or you know sat and watched all the stuff about it. 
But it seems to me like the area that, that you didn't address, which I find interesting, yeah. is everything we're hearing about is kids. Kids. Oh, kids, no, I haven't got kids. to that yet. It's not all kids. There's adults, too, bringing their kids. Yeah, but, I, you know, and, and I, I thought I had heard at one time a question of age. Mm-hmm. And say say a kid somehow makes it and he's four years old. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't go in and say, "I'm afraid to go back." Right. And so we have, let's get to that. You know, but first I want to address those that are old enough to express they're afraid to go back. And many of the smaller kids are coming with older siblings or parents. They're not just they're not a four year old by themselves. They're they're getting here with other people. Um, I'm afraid to go back. Then you get to that credible fear interview. Now, the credible fear interview is not conducted by the border patrol. It's conducted by people from the asylum office of the immigration, USCIS. Problem one is there aren't enough asylum officers. <laughs> There's plenty of border patrol agents, 20,000 border patrol agents. We're catching people. They're doing their job. Um, but there's not enough asylum officers. So How could they not be doing their job when they come and sit on the front door of the office? Well, they're there, okay? And uh, But the asylum officers are supposed to conduct an interview for credible fear within 48 hours. Not even a remote possibility that's happening. It can't. They don't have the bodies. A credible fear interview, David, can take several hours. And if you've got 50,000 people that come up over a period of five months and they all have credible fear interviews – the reality is people aren't getting credible fear. So uh, they're, not, they're not having the interview. So some of them are being released uh, during that credible fear interview waiting period to relatives with the intent they will show up for a credible fear interview. But most are being interviewed. And the credible fear standard was just changed by the Obama administration to be more strict. Previously, credible fear was found in 99% of the cases. Now, credible fear is not reasonable fear. I like incredible fear to the laugh test. Am I laughing when you tell me that? Okay, you have <laughs> credible fear. Reasonable fear is a much is a higher standard of proof that actually grant, granted asylum in the United States. Much harder. You know, less than 50% of the people that apply for asylum are granted. And I would say only those, and that, that's one of those that are qualified. But you don't pass credible fear if your fear is not based upon one of the five grounds. If you don't pass credible fear, then you should be returned to your home country. And that actually is what has happened to many Mexican kids. Now, you remember this is last year, late last year, a bunch of people who had been previously removed or had left the country before DACA were trying to make a point about DACA. So they were coming back in groups and claiming they were afraid of Mexico. And many of them were. I mean, they were attacked. They were, they were kidnapped. They were harmed. And some of them passed credible fear and released for a hearing on their asylum, others were returned. So they were doing it. They were returning people. But now the numbers have just overwhelmed the system such that the credible fear interviews cannot be conducted fast enough. And you do have little children who should not be kept in pig pens and in cold jails and in freezers and locations that are damaging to their psyche, no matter where they're from, what their parents did. You can't harm the children for, for that. Um, and so they're forced in some ways to release them into the community supposedly two people who are responsible for them. The fear that you express, which will they even show up for their hearings? Some won't. Many will, but some won't. Um, and that's a concern because we are never going to give these folks residence in the United States. We're just not going to do it. Congress 20 years from now will not – they will remember what happened here, and they will not do it. doesn't mean they won't do it for people that have been here for 20 years that came for jobs, but this isn't about jobs. Uh, this is something much, much different than that. Uh, 
uh, at least in some in some respects, not completely different, much different from that. So the concern, of course, is they'll be releasing them. They can't hold them forever. Uh, they may have these jails that Obama will set up for families. But at the end of the day, the only way to stop the influx is to go to the root cause of the, of the, of the migration, which is Mexico's free transport of people through their country and perhaps even assistance in doing so, crime and poverty problems in Latin America, and the perception that America will give amnesty to anybody who comes illegally. So we've got to deal with all those issues. Okay, Mr. Cook. Uh, let's – Let's address this in a, in a different light of sorts. Um, okay, obviously it's an immigration problem. Absolutely. Uh, it would seem to be a State Department problem. Absolutely. It seems to me that this falls under the category of um, many of – and, you know, I know that you're an Obama fan, but <laughs> yeah. Paul, you get that from my webpage when yeah, I say yeah. Obama's an idiot. Okay. Um, but it looks to me like we're missing something here in the fact that uh, never, you know, Obama gets his news from MSNBC. I didn't know about it until I saw it on the news. Mm-hmm. He said that about this, yes. as a matter of fact. Yes, he did. So That's, my, that's tragic. My question is. Why – supposedly we're one of the smartest countries in the world, supposedly. Why did we not have any any forethought, any, any looking in the crystal ball that, hey, you know, Mexico changed their laws or there's a real problem in – My guess is that some people were alert to this, uh, but it never rose to the level of – those that actually make decisions to take preemptive measures. Well, there is you, no have doubt. Have we ever done any pre? Have we done anything? Well, I, David, in the I, past? I, I, I want to take you back to 1979, the Mariel boat lift. Yeah, oh, I you remember the Mariel boat lift? We saw. Sure, didn't sure. we see that coming? But How did we not was, prepare for that? Look who was president then. Uh, Jimmy Carter was president then. Well, he exactly. And Obama, in they, the old, him and Obama. You know, they're not friends. You know that, right? <laughs> they're not Brothers, friends. maybe, but maybe they're um, not friends. Uh, they're not friends. Uh, but and this, but this is also not the first crisis for that either. I mean, there are, there is a repeated series of these humanitarian immigration crises over the last fifty years into the United States, and we're just very bad at predicting how they're going to happen and how to deal with them. This will end. We will end this. Uh, we will figure out a way, uh, and at the end of the day, we'll have you know another two hundred thousand people in the United States that we shouldn't that we shouldn't have here that we were that we didn't invite in that we have to figure out how to move. But I will tell you, there is major political will to provide the funding to hire the judges, the asylum officers, the government lawyers, and the airplanes. As Rocky would said, you know, three or four C-17s going back and forth every day, that'll solve the problem pretty darn quickly. <laughs> uh, and uh, this is something that uh, is just evidence of, a, to me, a broken legal immigration system. It's just a broken legal system that causes – because if there was a method where mom could say, you know, honey, we're going to go to the United States and work for a couple of years to get, get away from this for a while. I'm going to go get a visa at the embassy to do that. Would anybody come illegally? No. Let's take a break here for our final segment on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. 
Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, o visítenos por el internet al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio, the Immigration Hour, the most listened to immigration podcast in the known universe. Uh, Dave, it's been great talking today about this stuff. Uh, what's terrible is we have to talk about this. I would prefer that this didn't even exist. This problem, we were just dealing with the, the, the back and forth on immigration. Uh, but the reality is it does exist. And we have... Uh, Um, we have an administration that simply is very ineffectively dealing with it uh, and not doing that which is um, just, both in the eyes of the law and the eyes of these children. Uh, at the end of the day, this will end. I mean, I know this crisis is going to end, uh, but it, it could go on for several more months with, with tens of thousands of more children coming to the United States. You know, one of the hard parts here is, Uh, the folks at the Border Patrol are really in an antenna about this, David. What an untenable situation to be in. <laughs> I mean, you what is your job? When you hire the Border Patrol, your job is to protect the border, right? Uh, to make sure you do that within the bounds of the Constitution. Uh, and uh, But really, you are an enforcer of the law. You're not a babysitter. And you, uh, there have been some very poignant pictures come out of this. A Border Patrol agent holding the hand of a little two-year-old, taking her for a walk. Uh, at a detention center. I mean, it's, there's been some real poignant pictures, but some ugliness has come out of this as well. Um, and this comes on the heels, David, of, of a report uh, that apparently had been hidden uh, about the abuse by Border Patrol agents of migrants over the last couple of years, including, and I don't know if you saw this, David, I know this is going to surprise you, um, there were apparently something like 900 complaints filed against Border Patrol agents for excessive force And only one resulted in discipline. I, I don't know how that's possible. Uh, that every single one of them was incredible. I mean, I, that's that's a problem. But I, you know, fortunately, that's now out. Although the mainstream media didn't talk about that very much because it's overshadowed by the story of children. Uh, it reminds me of what Bill Clinton used to say. You know, how did he get her, how did he get away with everything? With everything? It's for the children. Yeah. Uh, it's for the everything. It's for the children. You know, and so everybody, okay, for the kids, yeah, that's okay. But now we have an immigration problem. It's not really for the children. It's an immigration problem of crisis proportions. Uh, and we shouldn't allow 
the problems that are causing it to continue. Now, I had a friend point out to me, Honduras is a primary source country for this problem. Uh, we supported what was essentially a coup. It wasn't really a coup. It was essentially a coup in Honduras of a democratically elected left-leaning president. Uh, and as a result, uh, the folks that came into office were, let's say, more ambivalent about the criminal element in their country. Less, you know, a little, little more ambivalent about it. And that has caused, you know, really a rampant crime campaign in that country. Uh, and rapid, I mean, a rapid and quick fall over the last four years since that five or five years since that occurred that has just really not been conducive to peace in the area and to, you know, the continued flow of migrants. You know, the other thing nobody's talking about with these kids, these are Mexican kids. There's very few Mexicans coming to the U.S. these days. You know, the idea that, you know, we have this flow of Mexicans invading to take over El Azteca or whatever crazy theories out there, that that's over. Uh, uh, now very a- little Mexican undocumented immigration. This A lot of this is all about Central America. Yeah, now, here's the other part, part that we need to be concerned about. If Mexico is allowing undocumented Hondurans, El Salvadorans, and Guatemalans come, who else are they allowing to come through? That is the bigger problem. And I understand that's why border security is so important to me. You know, what what stops al-Qaeda from sending a guy from, you know, Saudi Arabia to Mexico where he gets a visa, shave his beard. It looks like every other, you know, Latino walking through there. I mean, obviously opens his mouth, but um, and they come in the country. We know they're doing it. I mean, we know that's happening. I mean, we And we've caught most of them. We've caught on the northern border. We've caught a bunch of what we call OTMs. Other than Mexicans on the southern border who are not Latino, uh, Chinese are using it as a funnel to smuggle people into the U.S. illegally. So it's not just about kids. So we have a broader dialogue that the Obama administration should be conducting with Mexico over what their law is. Uh, and but in some ways, Mexico feels like, well, you know what? You won't pass immigration from to protect our people that are in your country. Screw you. I mean, I could see this coming from Mexico. Screw you. We're going to open our borders. Let anybody we want to, and then they're all going to go north. They're not going to stay here. Um, because in Mexico, they don't have a constitution to respect. They can actually disrespect people all the time uh, and chase them out of the country. We, we really can't do that. So we need to figure out a way <clears throat> to make a deal with Mexico to become our partner in this immigration issue. Help them understand how important it is to them and their future. But again, part of that, David, is an immigration deal in Congress. You, you cannot do one without the other. They're just – they're symbiotically connected. Uh, and and to, to think – and I hear this all the time from Republican congressmen running for office. We need to secure the border. Dude, it's pretty darn secure. But you're not going to get the partnerships you need to make it fully secure until our laws reflect our own economic and social realities. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, well, I hate to bring everything back to immigration reform. You have a broken law. How many years did it take us – to get rid of the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, <laughs> which we knew saved lives, right? We knew it saved lives compared to – But that wasn't what, what it was put but in But that's place. not what it was designed for, right? Exactly. It was designed for the gas crisis, which basically went away. Um, but it's so, going to be back in the next couple of days. Well, basically with Iraq, they, they see as the plant in Iraq. But, uh, you know, we could be the energy self-sufficient tomorrow if we want it to be. You and I both know that. You're preaching to yeah, the choir. We, we could be that tomorrow if we want it to be. Um, but, in fact, we practically are at this point anyway. 
you know, thank goodness for shale oil. And Canada, yeah, that's and why it's so crazy that, oh, gas prices are going up because of what's happening in Iraq. We don't even buy we don't buy oil from there. Oil no, from there. No. That, that, that actually would be a reason to get rid of importing oil. We would no longer be tied to the oil prices in other countries. You're preaching to the choir. I know. Um, so we, now we have this crisis that we have to deal with. And at the end of the day, I think we, uh, uh, we will be able to deal with it. Uh, I think we're going to fix it. Uh, but it's going to well, require what gives you the optimism. I, I'm well, Dave, because I'm an optimist. That's what I am. I don't believe in that America's on the downhill slide. I believe America's on the uphill climb. Uh, I think this is just all part of the great history that we have as a country. What's that? I am. I'm drinking just bottled water. You oh. know, La Crux. Don't worry, it's French, but it doesn't make me any Frencher. <laughs> uh, I still think the French train the Iraqi forces, but I'm not really going to run backwards. Yeah, run away. <laughs> it's a mighty rabbit with very big fangs. Um, the uh, it is tragic what's happening in Iraq, uh, but that's not a result of our immigration policy. Our immigration policy is resulting with what's happening today on our borders. Um, but David, I talk to people every day. They come in my office and ask me how to fix their status. I keep telling them. They come Sorry. in my office to ask where your office this is. is. I'm sure, <laughs> uh, but you'll be glad that that'll be over. Um, but it's really interesting. I have talked to kids that have gone through this process, that have been on the border in the last six months. I've talked to their parents who sit in the office with me. They're planning to go to their court. They're planning to report. They understand they probably will have to leave the United States at a certain point. Um, my other concern of all this, David, is these kids, when, when they're released, they're not staying in Texas. They're not staying in Arizona. They're not staying in California. They're not staying in New Mexico. They're going over the country. So this is going to impact our schools. It's going to impact our health care system again. Again, because you talk about the, 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 uh, the medical conditions of some of them. They're going to require medical care, right? And where are they going to get that? Because Obamacare is not permissibly given to people who are undocumented. Who is going to take care of that? You and I will in the emergency rooms. That was short-sighted, by the way, on Obamacare. That was stupid. It was going to pass anyway. They should have let it pass and let anybody who's in the U.S. buy insurance. Um, now, we almost got through an entire show without talking about Obamacare, but I thought I'd mention it for you, David. I, thought oh, I, I, pre- I appreciate it. You appreciate that. <laughs> you know, you got to keep it on top of, top of mind, top of mind. Um, so, you know, hopefully uh, there are lawyers that are willing to help out on these kids. They, Obama is going to provide, what was it, $30 million, $3 million or $30 million of funding. Is that out of his million. pocket or apparently it's out, out of, of your some pocket. sort of no, not out of your pocket. Uh, some budget that you know, some slush fund they have mm-hmm. to hire lawyers to represent these kids. They're going to hire hundred lawyers, David. Yeah, hundred lawyers. Okay, that would cover if you gave every lawyer two hundred cases. Uh, it, it covers a bare drop in the bucket of what this is, and, and you can't handle two hundred cases of asylum you know, seekers. I, Not possible. I don't, I don't want to argue with you, I, and I'm glad you're an optimist. Yeah, I would. I am an optimist, David. I, I am I, because I, my life is not almost over, and I'm not like I'm not as old as you. I, I'm not looking at the the, 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 the short run here. I got the long run ahead of me. Well, the the kicker that I see, and and not trying to be a pessimist, but it. It, like so many other things, uh, is so – it's huge and, and encompassing. And I don't know that – you know, you feel like, well, yeah, it can be fixed. 
I think it's like what's the game that kids play? Uh, the, you just slap down one head and another. Whack them all! Yeah. Whack them all! You know, it, it does feel uh, in some ways like whack them all, doesn't it? And I, I and I don't. I would love for it to be fixed. I would love for the for us to have a good immigration policy, uh, but. I'm, you know, I, I am concerned. You hit it on the head, too, with the terrorists coming yeah, in. Absolutely. Um, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and that's a big problem. And I, you know, we get carried away on, uh, we can't even, we can't even find emails much, or hard drives. That or, was really terrible. That was really terrible. Who the heck, I've got all, you got all your emails, right? It's called Google. <laughs> you know, it's, they're there. Um, but again, this this is the same government whose computer systems and immigration court are still running on Fortran, <laughs> and we're down a month. Just set appointments for further hearing. So, I you know I don't doubt anything about the how. But that, backwards I mean the that's that's what gives me the pessimism. That, oh, it's all fixable. We you know it just you know what it takes, David. It takes a light of day. Turning this from a farm show and an immigration show to some kind of no, strip David, job I'm fixing or my something. Tie. I'm fixing my tie. My tie's <laughs> bothering me. No, what it bothers, you know, what it is really is about uh, leadership. And we've had no leadership for six years. Uh, we've allowed the political discourse to become so ugly that nobody that is truly a leader wants to run for office anymore. Name me one, uh, maybe a couple, okay? I think Romney was a leader, but unfortunately he spoke things the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, I think John Huntsman would be a great leader, but he doesn't have any money. Well, his dad does, but he doesn't have the money to run for office. And he's not going to be supported. He doesn't have the charisma for it. But at the end of the day, who who, who we left facing with? Hillary? Hillary? <laughs> no, thank you. Hillary? <laughs> Did I say Hillary out loud enough? Let's uh, let's come back here uh, in the week. We'll talk about, from our new studios for the America's Web Radio. Talk more about immigration and what's going on in the world. This is Chuck Cook, your co-host, along with Rocky Rockliffe, who's off gallivanting with a judge today uh, on the most listened to Immigration podcast and known universe on America's Web Radio, the Immigration Hour. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.